Welcome to the People's Church Sermoncast. You can join us for our live worship services on Sundays at 10 a.m. People's Church is located at the corner of Mill Plain and Andreessen in Vancouver, Washington. Please visit our website at peoplesvancouver.church to learn more about our community and how you can get involved. And now for this week's sermon. You're listening to the sermon cast from People's Church of Vancouver, Washington. You're invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. We're located at 6801 East Mill Plain Boulevard in Vancouver, Washington. For more information, visit us at peopleschurchvancouver.org. Now for this week's sermon. A few weeks ago I started a series of messages talking about breakthrough, and I want to conclude it today with where we're going. But before we do that, uh, say, I love the Word of God. It is a lamp unto my feet. It is a guide unto my path. It is a book full of promises. Those promises are yes and amen to those who believe. I believe today. I am who he says I am. I can have what he says I can have. I can do what he says I can do. Look at somebody right now. I'll never, never, never be the same again because of what Jesus has done in my life and the power of his word. Anoint the preacher today and anoint my mind. That we can become doers and not just hearers of the word of God. God bless you. Have a seat. And um, can you imagine how great heaven's going to be? You can't. I can just I can answer that rhetorical question for you. Around. You can't imagine how great it's going to be. But it's just fun to think about. Beyond any imagination. Family. Friends. You will meet your great-great-great-great-grandfather who served Jesus and prayed that his lineage would be Christians. There'll be that kind of things going on in heaven. You'll take everything he ever did that brought glory to Jesus and you'll take the crown of that and you'll throw it at his feet with the seraphims and the angels and the multitude. That's what our inheritance is. But before that comes, there are so many things that are afforded and given to the believers, to those who will follow Jesus Christ. Even if there wasn't heaven, Following Jesus is, would be the greatest way to choose to live. If that's all there was, was just what happened here, being a Christian. Why? Because the Bible says the way of the sinner is hard. But for the Christian comes in, and behold, he makes all things new. How many are glad for some new things? <laughs> well, what I want to talk to you about today is, uh, uh, because I believe we've been kind of talking about breakthrough. And I, I haven't even given, a, I don't, an apt description of breakthrough. But basically, breakthrough that comes from heaven is whenever you've been facing something that's troubling you or, or, or uh, you have not been able to win over or you wish was differently in your own strength. Sometimes it's relationships, sometimes it's attitudes, sometimes it's finances. And by the way, Pastor Spencer, a great job in the offering today. God bless you. The youth meet every Wednesday night right downstairs, and that man of God ministers to them. Uh, but uh, breakthrough is whenever you run up against something that you don't have the ability, the strength, the uh, power to um, subdue it. But yet... Somehow, in the Lord working in your life, and you're stepping towards him and him stepping towards you, God comes in and does what you cannot do. That needs to be not just a once-in-a-while experience in the believer's life, but that is something that he promised would would happen to us on a routine and regular basis. So over in Joel chapter 2, I want to read a verse of Scripture there. And and it's an unusual verse of Scripture. Uh, Mike, I'm going to ask that you put those up. I have left my Bible somewhere, and I don't have it. Oh, there we go, right there, New King James Version. But Joel chapter 2, I'm going to read quite a few verses, and we'll read quickly through them, starting at verse 21. This is the the Spirit of the Lord speaking to the children of Israel who have just gone through some very difficult 
uh, times in their nation and in their, in their um, uh, walking together as, as God's people. And the prophet Joel here is receiving. And most of you will, re- will recall when we get later in chapter 2, uh, the very famous port of Joel, uh, chapter 2. But there's a prelude, a great build-up to it. Fear not, O land, be glad and rejoice. This is the Lord speaking to his people through the prophet Joel. For the Lord has done marvelous things. Do not be afraid, you beasts of the field. Do not be afraid of the beasts of the field. Uh, oh, no, do not be afraid, you beasts of the field, for the open pastures are springing up, and the trees bear its fruit. The fig tree and the vine will yield their strength. Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God. For he has given you the former rain faithfully. How many can testify to that? You're, you're connecting what he's talking about, what, he's, what the rain is. He's, it's an allegory. It's not just, it, it can't apply to the literal rain, but also this was applying to the rain of, his, of God's presence, of his blessing. So he had given you the former rain faithfully, and he'll cause the rain to come down for you, the former and the latter rain, in the first month. And we'll come back and visit that, but I want you to just mark that, because that's been a very big problem for Bible translators. And we'll discuss that in just a few minutes. So he said, you're going to get the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. What he's saying is, those two are going to come at the same time. The threshing floor shall be full of wheat, and the vash shall overflow with new wine and oil. So I will restore to you the years that the swarming locusts have eaten, the crawling locusts, the consuming locusts, and the chewing locusts. My great army... There's a lot of locusts out there that want to eat things, right? And, uh, uh, yeah. And he said, My great army, which I sent among you, you shall eat and plenty and be satisfied, and praise the name of the Lord your God, who has dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be put to shame. Then shall you know that I am in the midst of Israel, and I am the Lord your God, and there is no other... Oh, and once again, by the way, my people shall never be put to shame. What's that mean? The former rain, uh, to set this up, what God is speaking about, this, uh, the former and the latter rain, when they come together, it's a time of breakthrough. What's that mean? What's that look like? Well, the former rain, you know exactly how it happened. You know when it came, you know how much it came, you know what clouds that came, you, they, they keep records of all that. The latter rain, however, uh, you have ideas about when it's coming, but you don't know the details of it yet. Uh, we're, we're entered in. Now, this is a great message to preach to uh, people in the Northwest, in the Pacific Northwest, because you know the season of rain. Uh, you know, if I'm preaching in Phoenix, Arizona, you gotta explain this and break it down a little bit. But here you get it. We have entered the re- the season of the latter rain here, haven't we? <laughs> and he said, uh, uh, the, uh, last year we know exactly how much rain, but we're still not quite sure what's coming. So when this former and latter rain comes together, you don't know the details of, you know the details of what's happened, but you don't know exactly how it's going to look and what's coming up. A number of years ago, a great book that I, I literally have given hundreds of copies away, used it, and it has been a great influence in my own life. It was a book by um, um, a theologian named Jack Deere out of Dallas Theological Seminary, and the book was called "Surprised by the Power of His Holy Spirit." By the power of the Holy Spirit, and it was Jack Deere's testimony how being a cessationist or or a Baptist, if you will, someone that didn't believe in the uh, uh, present day expression of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, how when the Holy Spirit came upon his life and revival came into his life, what a surprise it was. And it's a wonderful book. I recommend if you're looking for a good read. Get Jack Deere surprised by the power of the Holy Spirit. But in it, he expressed something that really landed on my life. And ever since, I've been like, Holy Spirit, help me. Help me to navigate this in wherever I'm at and whatever you're doing in line of ministry for, for, for our lives. Because our biggest hindrance in the church to a move of God is often our idea that we know how it's going to look like. And we don't know. We know what it looked like back in the 40s. We know what it looked like back in the 70s, back in the 80s. We know what it looked like even a few years ago. But church, I don't know. I kind of got some ideas, but I don't know what it's going to look like exactly in what God's getting ready to do here and what God's getting ready to do in the world. Oh, by the way, uh, uh, Tuesday, uh, every one of you as a believer needs to be voting, okay? You need to make it to the, to the voting booth. You need to vote the Bible, all right? That's, a, that's, that's my thing that I'm going to uh, push here. Vote life. Vote the Bible. Vote the things of, uh, that you can stand upon in the Word of God. And those that are contrary to that, don't cast your vote for that, okay? We all good? 
Amen. Thank you, Pastor Mike. <laughs> but um, the problem is that God doesn't do the same thing the same way every time. Now, there are the basics. Jesus never changes. There are the basics. The Word of God is always true. It's always powerful. It's always, it, is the, it is the Word of God. It never changes. We line up to it. It doesn't line up to us. But in the, in the details of how he works out in people's lives, his purpose, his plan, for each one of you, he custom makes it. Oh, it fits into the, into the absolutes of the Bible. Yeah, you've got to come through Jesus. There's no other way. Yeah, heaven and hell are both real. Um, uh, it is appointed on a man once to die, and then, the, and then the judgment. I mean, there are all those basic things. But how the Lord works in individual lives and in individual churches, he's very much um, able to custom plan and custom fit just what needs to happen for you in your journey. And we could, part of what that Thanksgiving service will be will be you telling, look what the Lord has done in this area of my life, and it'll be different for how it worked in you than how it worked in me. Um, and so as we begin to believe God, I'm looking forward to 2023 being a tremendous season of visitation from heaven for this church and for the body of Christ. I believe we're entering into a time of shift. I believe we're entering into a time when, when uh, things will be accelerated and what we see the Holy Spirit doing within our own individual lives, but also in our community, in our churches. And what Joel was talking about was when things uh, can't happen in the natural, begin to happen in the spiritual, that is a time when the former and the latter rain are beginning to come together. When things that can't happen in the natural begin to happen in the spiritual. What can't happen in the natural? Well, you've probably got a list about that long of things that you wish you could do, you wish you could uh, accomplish, you wish you could make happen. Maybe you've prayed about them, maybe you've uh, petitioned the Lord about them, but they're just beyond your ability, and all of a sudden those things begin to take place. Maybe not just exactly the way you planned it, but they begin to take place. Maybe a loved one that you thought would never come to Jesus has come to Jesus. Don't ever give up. Don't ever give up on those that you think, man, there was a time in my life when I thought I had more faith for any uh, drug addict or derelict in downtown Portland getting saved than I did for my own mom and dad. But yet through decades of prayer, there came a time when I got the phone call. Gary, we just want to tell you, we accepted Jesus today. One of the greatest phone calls I ever received in my whole life. And I, I was like, God, what do you mean? God, you were working in them and I didn't even know it. He's like that. He's like that. And so... Over here in Joel, he begins to declare in verse 19, he said, behold, God says, behold, I'm going to. You know what? I want to encourage you for right now, but also in what's coming up in the next few months and next year, God is standing at all of our lives right here and, he says, and he's saying this. He says, behold, I'm going to. Why? I don't have faith in that in me or in my prayers or even your prayers. I have faith in that because I have faith in him. He's always active. He's never on vacation. He never takes a break. He never times out. He's the only one who's faithful all the time. Why? Because he's God. And so there are seven declarations from God to his people who have struggled. Because this message in Joel, the whole book, but here in chapter 2, uh, the nation has struggled under um, you know, uh, foreign occupation and loss of freedom and their economy collapse and all the things that every generation seemingly has to deal with in one way or the other. And the people of God live right in the middle of all of that. But the Lord said, I'm going to go through it with you. And so in verse 19, he says, behold, I'm going to. And there are seven declarations from God to his people who have struggled. And I want to go over them with you as we go through this. In verse 18, the Lord said, or in verse 18, he said, and then the Lord will. He said, the Lord will be zealous for his land and pity his people. That's, that's the heart of God for you. That's the heart of God for America. That's the heart of God for Israel. That's the heart of God for the world. Why? Because he would not that any should perish. He loves every color, every nation, every creed, every type. Every one of those languages are going to be in heaven. Every one of those different personality types, every color that he's ever created, they're all going to be in heaven. And he said, then uh, the Lord will. Number two, in verse 19, he said, and the Lord will answer. The Lord will answer and say to his people, I'm going to send you grain and new wine and oil. Now, I'm going to spiritualize this a little bit because really as you go through the book, the chapter of Joel here in chapter 2, he's giving them a literal prophecy. 
you're going to have this and your economy is going to change. But also as you go on through, he's giving them a prophetic utterance that um, dovetails with the literal prophecy of what's going to be happening in the supernatural realm. And I'm a preacher and I'm a pastor and, and, and you're a Christian and we all love the word of God and we all love this kingdom. And I'm more concerned about what's going on in the spirit realm than I am in the natural realm. And so he's answering his people, he said, and he said, I'm going to answer. Number three in verse 19, he said, behold, I'm going to. Behold, I'm going to, uh, uh, I'm going to send you new grain and wine and oil. Let's go to number three. Is that it? Okay, here it comes. Behold, I will send you grain and new wine and oil, and I will no longer make you approach among the nations. Uh, let's go to the next one here. Number four, and I will never again. Yeah, there we go. Different translation. I will no longer make you approach among the nations. What, what, there are promises that God said, this is what I'm going to do. And then sometimes he says, I'll never do this again. You know the most famous one, right? The flood. Yeah. After, after Noah's family finally came to rest in Mount uh, Zariat, or however you pronounce it, there was, uh, the dove uh, didn't come back, the raven didn't come back, and he looked and there was a rainbow, and the Lord said, I'm telling you right now, I'll never destroy the earth again with a flood. There are a number of things, if you want to look into the places where God said, I'll never, uh, because he says that quite a few times. Another one, he says, I love this, you should love this. He said, I'll never remember your sins. How many can say, thank you, Jesus? <laughs> And then, in fact, he even elaborated. He said, I'm going to separate that. Your sins are going to be separated as far as the east is from the west. And I'll never, they'll be remembered no more. Oh, we glory in that now. But there's going to come a day when we stand before the king. And that one is going to be, thank you, Jesus, that you erased it all by the blood. That you erased it all by the blood. And uh, this message isn't about the things that God said I'll never do. But yet here in the fourth one, he said, I'll never do that again. And in the fifth one, in verse 20, he said, but I will remove. I will remove far from you the northern army. What he said, he said, uh, it's not that you're going to have uh, uh, a removal of things that oppose you. But what he's telling them is, I'm going to remove those things and in such a way that even when the opposition there, it's, it's not going to be able to overtake you. It's not going to defeat you. He said, behold, I make all things, all things pass away and all things become new again. We are more than conquerors the man, uh, through, through Christ Jesus. There are so much and so many promises in the Bible where he said, I'm going to remove things. I'm going to talk to maybe someone's here today and you've been struggling with an area of, of compulsion or addiction or something that just become rooted in and ingrained in your life and you've, you've done everything you know how to do to get over it or overcome it or conquer it. Here, the Lord said, I'm going to, I have the ability to remove things out of your life. I never smoked because my dad said if I did, well, I won't even tell you. Well, you want to, you want to know what my dad said when we were little boys? My wife knows. He said, if I ever catch either of you boys smoking, I'm going to kill you. And we believed him. I still don't know if he was joking or not. But it was enough. It was enough. My friends offered. I said, no way. If my dad finds out, I'm dead. Oh, we all had, we've all had, we all have backgrounds and families. But there was a guy in Coos Bay, and he had smoked his whole life. And he came into the church, got saved. Kind of a move of God kind of thing going on. And, and uh, got saved and and um, we had a testimony service one 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 time, and and um, and I remember he kept coming forward all every altar call, and sometimes I pray for him, but sometimes I can't hear during the altar and the ministry and all that, and I just he, I, I don't even know what he was saying, but I just pray, Lord, you know what it is. So uh, uh, we pray for him. Others were praying for him, and we had a thing on Saturdays called the healing room. We didn't run it. Susan and I didn't run it. But we had people, and and if you were sick or you had needs, you'd go on Saturday. You make an appointment, and they'd minister to you. They'd pray for you. They'd prophesy over you. They they'd read the scriptures over you. And and this gentleman went to the healing rooms. And um, I remember the next day in service, he he came in, and you know I tried to be cool and casual and collected. 
But he came in, and uh, I didn't know him that well, and I was standing down, and he came in, and I, I, my eyes locked, his eyes locked, and he came, not running, but walking really fast, and doing this kind of thing. And I thought, okay, uh, what's going to happen here? And he came up, and he grabbed me by the shoulders. And I, he didn't start shaking me, but he said, I can't believe it, I can't believe it, I can't believe it. And I'm like, okay, tell me so maybe I can believe it. So I can't believe it. He said, yesterday, you know what, that, that healing thing you guys do? I said, yeah. He said, I smoked for, I can't remember, he named it, like decades and decades. He said, they, they put oil on me, they prayed on me, they, these ladies spoke this weird kind of language thing over me, and you know what was going on. And, and um, he was going on, and he said, I fell on the floor. You've never had that happen to you, yeah. And I'm like, okay. Uh, I, I was expecting that point that, you know, I banged my head. I didn't, you know, I didn't know what was going And he said, and when I got up, the thought of smoking a cigarette made me sick. He said, I went out to my car and he said, I thought I've got to get a new car because I can't stand the way my car smells. And he goes home and he said, I, uh, I, I opened my, my closet and he said, I got to get new clothes because I don't like the way my clothes smell. And he starts going through this thing. And I said, well, what you're telling me is, is that, um, the Lord took away your desire to smoke. He said, it's a miracle. And I, I'm going to tell you, we were there for another year and a half, so he never touched me. Every time there was a testimony, he would get up and he was so... I will remove from you the northern army. I'm going to build faith in you right now. Whatever army you've been trying to face down on your own, God says, if you'll, get, if you'll trust me, I, will rem- I can remove those things. Wow, i got to move on. Six, he said, I'll drive. Verse 20. Uh, let's go to this. And I'll drive him away, but I'll remove him, that northern army. And I will drive, we're still in this thing of what he'll take away. And I will drive him, say drive. And I will drive him away. And I will drive, instead of you living in a barren and desolate land, that thing that has been trying to beat you down, he's going to drive that thing, that sometimes even demonic thing. He will drive that away into a barren and desolate land. Now see, this nation had been facing that army. They've been losing to that army. They've been starving because of that army. Their sons and daughters have been taken away because of that army. And here God said, not only am I going to move, remove them, I'm going to drive them away. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Does anything come to your mind of things he's driven away in your life? Oh, thank you, Lord. Number seven, verse 21, for the Lord has done. For the Lord has done marvelous things. Oh, wait a second. Be fe- fear not. Then instead of a lamb, put your name in there. Fear not. Be glad and rejoice. Why? For the Lord has done marvelous things. Rain is the great symbol of the Holy Spirit activity in the scriptures. And so now in verse 23, he comes down. And we come to this. And he said, be glad, rejoice, for he's given you the form of rain faithfully. Thank God for what you've done. Thanksgiving's coming up. Thank God for what you've done. But listen to this. It gets better. And he will cause. Who will cause? He. He will cause the rain to come down for you. The former rain and the latter rain in the first month. Now, remember I said the, the, the Bible translators struggle with this verse? Now, if you go, and don't do it now, but you probably had some, you probably have some translations where it says in its time or in its season. The translators struggled with this so much that they, they thought that somehow it was, it was misprinted. It was mis, it was misscribed down. It was mis, uh, not interpreted, but it was a, a typo, if you will, because they were saying, wait a second, you don't get the former rain, which comes in the spring, and the latter rain, which comes in the fall. You don't get those in the same month. Those don't happen in the same month. Those happen in spring and happen in fall. And so obviously this is not what he, no, 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 you're missing the point. He's not talking about the natural cycle. He's talking about the supernatural cycle. He's talking about the, what God's going to do. He's going to, he's going to give you double than what you ever dreamed. How many remember the two old great prophets in the Old Testament? Elijah and Elisha. Remember? Elijah was the father of the Lord. He was, did all these things. And then this, he walked by one day and, and, uh, uh, 
just walked by Elisha, and Elisha said, man, I'm going to follow that guy. And you know most of the story. It finally came to a point to where Elijah was getting ready to go, back to heaven. He turned to his young upstart, and he said, what, what do you want? And he said, I want double. He said, I want twice as much as what you've got in the things of God. That's pretty bold, right? Now, he wasn't talking to just anybody. He was talking to like a Bill Sanders kind of guy. He was talking to, I want double. I want double. And most of you remember, Elijah said, you've asked a hard thing. Not because Elijah was proud. He just knew. He knew what he had. He said, you, and so he said, nevertheless, if you see me when I go, if you keep looking into the supernatural realm, if you keep your eyes up and not down here, if you keep looking at what God can do and not what's going on all around you, if you keep looking through the eyes of faith at what heaven, what's possible in, in, with the Lord, which is anything and everything, and not what's impossible for you. One of the great things that, that I've had with some leaders that have been in my life through my journey in ministry and in life is that I've had the good fortune of being with leaders that were, uh, um, that were men of faith. Uh, and that basically they said this, if what you believe God is asking you to do, and you can do that on your own, that's not probably God. This is another man. But whenever you feel like this is what the Lord's asking me to do, and you look at it, and you write it down, you make the vision plain, you say, well, there's no way I can accomplish that. Get ready. Get ready to start walking that one out. Because he will call you to live a life of faith. The just, are, are, the just shall live by faith, Right? And so we're going to, we're facing impossibilities right now in this church with air conditioners and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I said before, I'm not worried. I'm concerned. But my hope isn't in, oh man, we've got, let me calculate all the people and how much they give and all that. Uh, there's no, I don't do that kind of calculation, just so you know. But what I do do is I know that my father, who owns all the cattle on all the mountains, on all the earth, and not only that, he owns what's on top of the mountain, but he owns the gold under the mountains. He owns the oil under the sand. He owns it all. And that if he's called us to be here, he'll make a way where there seems to be no way. Okay, can we just say thank you? We'll do our part. We'll serve we'll give, we'll sacrifice, all that. But Lord, when it comes right down, Lord, there's some things that are bigger than us. We need you to intervene. And I can assure you today, without any doubt or hesitancy, God is able. And he's still in the business of doing what he was doing with these people in bringing the former and the latter reign together. The former's great. You look at, look at what the Lord has done. In your life, you have them. In my life, I have them. It's your testimony. (laughs) Some people were called to the tropics. I was called to the Arctic Circle. And in my great wisdom, decided I will move there in the month of December. And this man said, sure, Gary, go for it. Do it. <laughs> it's amazing what the Lord does within our lives that, that so supersedes our own ability. Oh, thank God. I've got to wrap this up. Verse 23, and he has poured down for you rain. Rain is the great symbol of Holy Spirit activity. And he has poured down for you rain, the former and latter in the same month. That is, whenever it starts happening and you say, I recognize that. I've seen that in the past. But then when the Holy Spirit activity brings in some things that you've never seen before and they start showing up together, breakthrough, breakthrough. I was so desperate and so hungry at one point in ministry that uh, a revival began to hear about in Toronto, Canada. You know, we started hearing the little, and I, I gathered up the staff, your brother and others, and people that I thought could handle it, and we went to Toronto. And I'd been around revivals. I'd been around camp meetings. I'd been around things, but there were things going on there. And some of it was flesh, and some of it was just stupid, goofy stuff, but there was something that was going on deeper than, than what was just happening in people. 
and and the, the fruit of it over many decades is uh, people are still in ministry that were ready to quit and all that kind of stuff back then. But what, the reason I'm bringing that up is that every move of God has a component to it that's familiar from the past, but then something that you've never seen before. What I'm, getting, what I'm trying to do for you uh, here today is get you to a point where you're going to be okay if God starts to do something in you personally in your own breakthrough that you've never seen him do before. And also, if you start seeing the move of God, whether it be in this church or just worldwide or whatever, God starts doing things that you've never seen before. As long as you test the Spirit, as long as you try them, yes, that's God, it lines up with the Word and, and all of that kind of thing, uh, then you need to... Remember that video of the dogs and doggy daycare and the pool? <laughs> Did you see? Some of them, they just... They just launched it, man. I mean, they're just jumping in. Others go over the steps. They go in quiet. Others were repeat offenders. They just kept going around and, and, and going through it. Uh, now, uh, some of the old-timers remember prayer lines and stuff. I love it whenever you're doing the prayer line, the fire tunnel, or whatever, whether you know what those terms are or not, it doesn't matter. But when you see the same people coming through at the same time, you're like, those, those are like the ones who keep jumping in the pool over and over again. I, I, I'm putting together a series of messages for December about the joy of the Lord. This whole thing about breakthrough, it's, it's ultimate uh, thing besides people getting saved and set free and delivered and all of that. The ultimate um, e- emotional component that it comes out of it as the result of it is joy. Is all of a sudden God's bigger than all the messes of the world. And we rejoice in him and it doesn't matter what's going on. And um, uh, the four realities of spiritual breakthrough. The leanness will be replaced with times of plenty. Verse 23. Just going to go through these. Four realities of spiritual breakthrough. Leanness will be replaced with times of plenty. Now, I'm speaking spiritually in your own life. Instead of you just having to make yourself, whether it be go to church or go to prayer or do or, or read your word, or whatever, that leanness, that dryness, it'll be replaced with there's something there where you just, there's plenty. There's more than enough of the anointing and the presence of God where it's not just by just doing it out of sure um, obligation. You shall eat, you shall be satisfied, and you shall praise. You see, the kingdom is just the opposite of the natural. In the natural, when you eat, you're, you, the less hunger you have. In the spiritual, when you eat, the more hungry you get. <laughs> oh, that one landed. That's good. And so you shall eat. What's that mean? You're just going to get more hungry for the things of God. I've tasted and seen that it was good. Uh, you'll be satisfied. That is, it's not, I'm not going to be, it, yeah, I matter and it matters and all of that. I, I'm, I'm not putting my satisfaction whether... The world is working the way that I think it should. No, my satisfaction is that he never fails. He never changes. You shall praise. And out of that, my life is going to be one lived regardless of circumstances. My life is going to be a life that is lived praising and exalting the Lord. I don't care what it looks like going around uh, on my own life. I'm going to give praise and glory to God no matter what. And then I'm going to end with this, which is incredible. The power of shame is broken. Verses 26 and 27. Can we go there? You shall eat plenty, be satisfied, and praise the name of the Lord your God. What do we do when we go to church? You praise and worship the Lord. That's what we start this place out with. Who has dealt wondrously with you, and my people shall never be put to shame. Then you'll know that I'm Lord. And then he says it again, and my people shall never be put to shame. What, the power of shame is broken. What is shame? Shame is being, is, is this feeling of being or feeling worthless. There are some times where people feel worthless, but then there are times when that goes to a point to where they actually believe they are worthless. God breaks that. That is a lie of the devil. We were created in his image. Shame is disappointment or delay or deleted or canceled. The new shame is the cancel culture, right? If your outline or whatever, you know, your, your online presence doesn't go along with what the cultural standard is, you get canceled. Might I say, oh, thank God they canceled me. Thank you, Jesus, that I've been canceled. And, uh, and I'm just, but, but, uh, this whole thing of people living under fear of whether they're, they're going to be, um, uh, accepted or not by the world. No, our acceptance is from him. And he said, my people will never. They will never be put to shame. 
God's never going to remind you. Look what you did. Once it's under the blood, it's under the blood. God has dealt wondrously with you. Wondrously, marvelous, extraordinary, beyond your own power. That's what God... How, how many here say, God has dealt beyond my own power in my, in my life? Let's stand. Now, what I wanted to do today is uh, we're going to wrap the service up. But if you're here and you need something to be shifted or changed within your life, I want to pray for you. Yeah, we've, we'll wrap it up and the stage will get cleared out and all of that. But I want to take a few moments. And if there's anybody here, I don't care if it's one or ten, it doesn't matter. That, But if you're here today, you say, Pastor, I need the former and the latter. I need the things that I know God's uh, done in my life in the past, but I need something new. I need more today. I want to pray with you. My wife and I will pray with you. There will be other intercessors that will pray with you. But uh, let's not bypass this time and just say, well, it was a message and here we go and I'll think about it later. No, let's, let's seal this thing up with prayer. So, Father, I ask in the name of Jesus that your Holy Spirit just uh, excite and, and stir those hearts that you're getting ready and you are already dealing marvelously and wondrously in their lives, Lord. Maybe they haven't recognized it yet, but you're already doing the job. Maybe there are those here that are here today, Lord, and they're still like, God, when are you ever going to show up? I pray, Lord, that today there would be an opening of the eyes where they would see you're already at work, even though they might not receive it or realize it yet. You're already uh, in the job of, of putting things together as they should be. Lord, if there's anybody here today and they don't know you as their Savior, or Lord, if they're here and they've, they've, um, uh, they're just not living in that closeness to you as they know that they should be. They've walked away, Lord. They're, they've been, become a prodigal. And, but God, they're here this morning. You're drawing them back with every eye closed and every head bowed for just a moment. If you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus and today you want to, I want you to slip your hand up real quick and put it down. If you're here this morning and you're wanting to come back to the Lord, you're wanting to rededicate your life in some way to the Lord, I just want you to slip your hand up and then put it back down and we'll pray. Okay, it's all good. Everybody's sealed with the blood. Lord, I just commit this people to you now that you would keep them, you would watch over them, you would protect them, and we would walk in the joy and the freedom of our God. And everybody said amen and amen. If you need prayer, come on down. God bless you. Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. We'll see you at prayer. Youth meeting at 7 o'clock on Wednesday night as well. And uh, have a wonderful weekend.